Radio UNE, the time is 7 o'clock, which means it's time for episode 15 of Way Back When, looking at the best music from 1984. Neighborhood. I'm gonna do it 
Thriller by Michael Jackson on Way Back When, episode 15. It seemed only appropriate to kick the show off with what was probably the biggest song in the entire year, certainly off the biggest album from the year before. But as I've said before, this uh, show does work off of the charts at times. That's how the system sort of works. So even though Thriller did get released in 83, it was a big charter in 1984. So that's what we base it off. It was a mix of pop, of post-disco and funk, and it became what is considered to be actually one of the biggest Halloween anthems of all time. A pop culture phenomenon, it won a Grammy Award, it has appeared on several of Jackson's greatest hits albums, and it's considered his best song. It certainly, obviously, reached the top 100, had reached the top 100 chart, and it was certified as seven times platinum, and it is one of the best-selling singles of all time. It is just an incredible song. Of course, if you haven't seen the music video to the song, go and give that a go and give that a watch on YouTube. It is a phenomenal music video. Coming up next, though, we have a music, uh, music movie, excuse me, a movie theme song coming up next, 1984. And indeed, a lot of the 80s was quite successful for movie soundtracks. We had a few last week, and we have arguably one of the biggest coming up next. It is by Ray Parker Jr., and I think you know what I'm about to say. Ghostbusters. It reached the number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 84. It stayed up there for three weeks, and it was actually nominated for the Best Original Song at the Academy Awards, which is pretty incredible. It's a dance pop song, obviously, and it became a pretty big, I guess, underground hit, especially considering how popular Ghostbusters became. It reached number two here in Australia, and it has been certified platinum in many countries. A very, very catchy song, even though I'm not particularly a big fan of it because it's been overplayed for me. Even I have to acknowledge it's a phenomenal track. Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. is coming up next on Way Back When Episode 15. We're looking at the best music from 1984, and you're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. Ghost. 
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and that was Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. As always, I hope that you have had a very fantastic week. This is, of course, one of the highlights of my week, presenting you with this show. And this week, we are bringing you the best music from 1984. I've got some incredible songs lined up, and coming up next is another movie theme song. In fact, it is from Kenny Loggins' discography, and it was the first single from the 1984 film Footloose, a very catchy film about a teenager who moves to a rural town and tries to get their band on dancing overturned. If you haven't seen it before, give it a watch. It is certainly worth a viewing. Footloose, the song, however, became a massive hit from the movie itself. It's almost become a hit in its own right, as in it wouldn't have necessarily needed the movie to become as successful as it has. It reached number one in many charts, including here in Australia and and the US's Billboard Hot 100, also in New Zealand and South Africa, funnily enough. It reached number seven on the year-end charts for Australia, and the music video mainly consisted of clips from the movie, but it is still certainly a very, very memorable song. 
It's one of the most recognisable songs recorded by Kenny Loggins and Footloose reached the 96th position in the AFI's 100 Years 100 Songs list. It was also nominated for an Academy Award, but missed out just like Ghostbusters did. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and this is Footloose by Kenny Loggins, coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM.
That was Footloose by Kenny Loggins, and you're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, as we look at the best music from 1984. Footloose, a very, very catchy little dance tune that I hope that you enjoyed. As I said before, I hope that you have had a very enjoyable week, certainly as enjoyable as it has been possible to have. I know that this week has been a bit stressful thanks to the resurgence of COVID-19, but hopefully I can take your mind off of a little bit by playing you some incredible music and helping you take a little bit of a nostalgia trip back down 1984's lane. Coming up next, we have a song by Prince. Prince, the incredibly talented musician who is sadly no longer with us. He was one of the celebrity victims of 2016. But in 1984, he would release one of his incredibly successful albums, arguably one of his best, Purple Rain. You will hear Purple Rain coming up a little bit later on in the show. The main song from that album, I should say, the titular uh, song track, if you will. But first, I'm going to play When Doves Cry, which was also an exceptionally successful song. The entire album is successful. It is a wonderful, wonderful album, but sadly, I cannot play the album in its entirety, so we've just picked Purple Rain and When Doves Cry. When Doves Cry is coming up first. It was his first Billboard Hot 100 single, number one single, excuse me. It stayed there for five weeks, and it was a worldwide hit. The top-selling single of 1984, which is incredible, and it was the last single released by a solo artist to receive platinum certification before the requirements were lowered in 1989. Following Prince's death, of course, it shot straight back up to the charts, and this song was actually the number one on the Billboard year-end Hot 100 singles of 1984. So we are going to play it for you right now we are playing a little bit of a truncated version because we've had to we've had to play the edited down version for radio but i still think that you're going to enjoy it it's a wonderful wonderful song when doves cry by prince coming up next on way back when episode 15 you're listening to 106.9 tune fm proudly powered by students for the last 50 years
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, as I take you through some of the best music from 1984, and you just heard When Doves Cry by Prince. It was actually considered to be around intermingled parental difficulties and a love affair was the general meaning of the song, because he was asked by the director of the film Purple Rain, Albert Magnoli, to write a song that matched that particular theme of part of the film. So that's what Prince came up with, which I think is quite fascinating. Coming up next, we have another British new wave band. Indeed, it is Thompson Twins this time, and this is a song I've been looking forward to playing on the show for quite some time because I was lucky enough to hear this live when Culture Club came out here in 2017 and I went to the show. Tom, Tom Bailey, who was one of the members of the Thompson Twins who now performs solo, actually played this song and I thought it was absolutely incredible. They had two massive hits from the same album, that album being Into the Gap. The fourth studio album by the band, their other three, did have successful hits but none to the same level that these two did. It was recorded by the entire trio. It is exceptionally well on the, it did exceptionally well on the charts, not quite breaking number one in any of them, but still doing very, very well. I was allowed to pick one. And I really, really struggled. I struggled between choosing Doctor, Doctor and Hold Me Now because I think they are both incredible songs. And indeed, all throughout the week, I was tossing and turning. One day, I would be set that it was going to be Hold Me Now. Then I'd switch to Doctor, Doctor. Then I'd go back to Hold Me Now. I really struggled to pick which one I wanted to play. But in the end, by the slimmest of margins, I have decided to, and I'm going to play you now, Doctor Doctor, just edging out Hold Me Now. This was a fantastic song, very, very catchy. It is a very, very big example of new wave and synth pop especially. Didn't do quite as well as Hold Me Now, but I do think it is the better song just by the, like I said, the narrowest of margins. So another little nostalgia trip back to the 80s. We have Doctor Doctor by the Thompson Twins coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. You're listening to UNE's Student Powered Radio. Just standing there And I thought I was only dreaming, yeah I kissed you then Then once again
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and you just heard the very catchy new wave track, Doctor Doctor, by the Thompson Twins. Again, a fantastic song that was wonderful to hear live. Although, of course, Hold Me Now was also amazing to hear live. Turning now to another British band, but one that's been around for a lot longer and stayed active for a lot longer, the band Yes. Yes is a progressive rock band from Britain that's actually been active since 1968. They weren't active throughout their entire history, but they started back in 1968, started as a rocky sort of blues band where they had several albums, none of which really did too well, and then they came back in 1983 with a new lineup uh, and released 90125, which was their highest selling album, which uh, contained the song that I'm going to play now, Owner of a Lonely Heart. It was released in October as the first single, and it was their first and only single to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It actually made it to number eight in the year-end charts of 1984 in the US, and it was reissued several times throughout the 80s and 90s with different remixes. It is a very, very interesting song. If you listen to the lyrics, there's actually quite a deep theme to it. And it was written by Trevor Rabin, the singer-songwriter and producer of the band, and funnily enough, he wrote, he came up with a song in his head while he was on the toilet. Make of that whatever you will. But nonetheless, the band recorded it, they released it, and it was one of the best songs of the entire band's history. They're not a one-hit wonder by any means, but most of the members have credited it as their best song. And just to make you, just to give the story a bit of a feel-good, the band was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which in 2017, which was nice. And they've had an absolute incredibly long list of past members, but that's to be expected for a band that's been active for uh, since the late 60s. There you go. Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. This is Tune FM 106.9.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and that was the melodic and haunting Owner of a Lonely Heart by the band Yes. Continuing on the theme of, I guess, loneliness and regret in losing relationships, we have a song by George Michael coming up next. It was written by George Michael and Andrew Ridgely of the British music duo Wham. It was included on the Wham album Make It Big, but George Michael certainly uh, is more well-known for this particular song, featuring a very prominent saxophone riff doing exceptionally well across around, across the entire world, reaching number one in nearly 25 countries and selling about 6 million copies worldwide, one of the most well-known bits of saxophone music in the entire world. We have Careless Whisper coming up next by George Michael, a very, very good song, and again, a very, very good message. If you listen to the lyrics carefully, you can tell that he is regretting what he's doing because he's obviously done something wrong to end the relationship. The song went through at least two rounds of production and after the original tracks had been recorded, they redid it. They uh, sort of changed a few things before they eventually came up with what they were happy with. And the result is this. Careless Whisper by George Michael and Wham. Up next on Way Back When, episode 15. This is Tune FM 106.9, proudly powered by students for the last 50 years.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and that was Careless Whisper by George Michael. Coming up next, we have a debutante on this show, someone that has not yet been on this show before, and that is Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper is a fantastic young artist, someone that I was a big fan of growing up, and indeed remain a big fan of to this day. In 1983, she would release her debut album, She's So Unusual. As a matter of fact, it happened to be released on October 14th, which is my birthday. So there you go, an interesting bit of trivia for you there. She released six singles from the album, the album of course having more of a pop and new wavy sort of sound to it, while also staying into a little bit of a rock genre as well. Girls Just Want to Have Fun is the song I'm going to play for you now. It was the first song from the album, it became a worldwide hit, and the first song of hers to chart on the Billboard Hot 100, although interestingly enough, five of those, uh, four, excuse me, of those singles released in from this album made it to the top five on the Billboard Hot 100, which made her the first ever female singer to have four top five singles on the Hot 100 from one album. So congratulations to Cindy Lauper. I have the next song I'm going to play from this album a bit later on. I won't tell you what it is yet because I think you're going to be a little bit surprised, but a little bit more information on Girls Just Want to Have Fun before we get into it. It had a very, very popular music video. It goes for just under four minutes, so I think you're going to enjoy the length of it. It's a bit longer than most debut singles are normally, and it did exceptionally well on the charts as well. It made it all the way to number one here in Australia, as well as on the Billboard Dance Club songs, and in many other countries as well, including Canada, Chile, and a lot of other places all over Europe, which was quite unusual. It was well received by the public, and it really started her career off on the right foot. It's been played at most of her concerts, and a lot of people know her because of this song. Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper, although originally a cover, her her version definitely became the most popular and the most well-known. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, as we look back at some of the best music from 1984. Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper, coming up here on UNE's Student Powered Radio.
You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM, and that was Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper, as you are listening to Way Back When, episode 15, looking at the best music from 1984. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is an absolute pleasure to bring you this show. It is definitely a highlight of my week, and I mean that completely legitimately. I love bringing you this show. I love producing it. I love getting the music together. I really do enjoy every aspect of this, and I can only it's only made possible because people listen. So thank you very much. I really, really do appreciate all of you. I'm going to talk a little bit now about something that happened at UNE in 1984. UNE actually held a special Run For Your Life project. Teams were sponsored to run from Melbourne, Hobart, Adelaide and Cairns to Armidale. Proceeds went to the Cancer Council and other bodies to further cancer research and prevention. I can't find any information as to how they managed to travel from Hobart to Armidale. I'm assuming they didn't swim. I'm assuming they ran from Hobart maybe to... Uh, a port that then took them on a ferry to Victoria. I'm not sure. But either way, they did it and raised a lot of money for charities that are meant to be developing and furthering research into cancer, which I think is just marvellous. So to everyone who participated, thank you so much. Your work and your charitable efforts are greatly appreciated. Coming up next, it's a song by Dead or Alive. I've been looking forward to presenting Dead or Alive for quite some time. My favourite song will be coming up in a few years. But for now, this is off their first album, Sophisticated Boom Boom. And their first album had a few good hits, a few, you know, a few good songs here and there. They wouldn't really take off until they released their next album uh, the year after, which you will hear next week, or at least part of it next week. But there was one track that was a very big success from Sophisticated Boom Boom, and that is That's The Way I Like It, which is, of course, a cover of the song by Casey and Sunshine Band. Dead or Alive are the classic band fronted by Pete Burns, the incredibly talented Pete Burns. His androgynous look soon became a signature, I guess, appearance for the band, and he would actually get into a few arguments with Boy George throughout the years over who had the look first and who was copying the other. That being said, it's still a very, very good song, regardless of the uh, conflict between the two singers. Dead or Alive's first hit, That's the Way I Like It, from their debut album, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. This is Tune FM 106.9.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and that was the amazing hit, That's the Way I Like It, by Dead or Alive, a cover of the original KC and the Sunshine Band version. Up next, it's some more Australian music, and it's a fantastic Australian song. A bit of a new wave, poppy, punkish sort of Australian song, in fact, and it's by the Eurogliders. The Eurogliders were a band that formed in 1980 over in Perth, which featured Grace Knight on vocals and Bernie Lynch on guitars. In 1984, they would release This Island, which was a top 10 album for the band, which spawned their number two hit single, as in it charted uh, to number two on the Australian charts, which I'm going to play in a minute. It picked at number 21 on the US Billboard mainstream rock charts, and it appeared in the Hot 100. They would break up in 1989, Grace Knight going on to have a successful career as a jazz singer, and unfortunately Bernie Lynch and Grace Knight, who were married, would later divorce. However, the band has since reformed. In Back in 2013, they got back together. They released a compilation album, and they actually did a little bit of a mini tour. They supported Culture Club on their 2017 Australia tour, along with Tom Bailey. So I actually got to hear this song live. They still sound incredible, even though they are, of course, a little bit older than they were in their heyday. But they did play their biggest hit and their number two song, Heaven Must Be There, otherwise known as Heaven. It peaked at number two, as I've said, and it became one of the biggest selling singles of 1984, and it actually managed to chart over in New Zealand as well. It's a good old Australian pop song. Uh, They are exceptionally good. You get a few of them here and there that really do just rock the socks off you. And this one is a very, very catchy little ditty, so we're going to get to it right now. Heaven Must Be There by the Eurogliders on 106.9 Tune FM. You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15.
that was the incredible Eurogliders with Heaven Must Be There on Way Back When, episode 15, looking back at the best music from 1984. And yes, I know we are very close to 8 o'clock and we are going to go over time. I do apologize again. This show is normally meant to finish at around 8 o'clock. Sometimes it goes through till about 8.30 and this show will do that as well. I do apologize, but I hope that you are enjoying your little nostalgia trip through 1984 and I hope that you don't get too, too upset. I'm just having way too much fun and there is a lot of fantastic music in 1984. I started out with about, I think it was 27 songs I had that I had to narrow down just to get uh, enough to fit into 90 minutes. So it was a very, very difficult task to do. And that is why I have picked, I've only been able to pick two songs from Cindy Lauper's album, She's So Unusual, when I would really like to have picked three or four. Now, I played Girls Just Want to Have Fun earlier. And of course, a lot of people, especially Cindy Lauper fans will know that probably the biggest hit on that record uh, was not Girls Just Want to Have Fun, but instead Time After Time. It, w- it did reach number one on the US Billboard Hot 100. It was her first number one hit, which was incredible. And I do think the song is amazing, but it is not the second song that I've picked from that album. That was the second single from the album, and I've instead gone with the third one, because even though it didn't reach the same amount of commercial and critical success as Time After Time did, I genuinely think it is one of Cindy Lauper's best. I'm not going to make the judgment call on whether or not it is a better song than Time After Time, but I do know that I enjoy it a lot more, and it doesn't get much airplay when you're talking about Cindy Lauper and her career. Rather, they focus on hits like Time After Time, True Colors, Girls just want to have fun, etc. So with that being said, with that little uh, explanation, so people don't get too mad at me, I'm actually going to play She-Bop. She-Bop, the third single, as I said. Again, a very similar genre to Girls Just Want to Have Fun. But it's actually a bit of a controversial song because it actually dealt with the the subject matter of female masturbation. It was included rather interestingly on the Parents Music Resource Center's Filthy 15. And Lorpa has actually gone on the record as saying she she wanted little kids to think the song was just about dancing only to understand the real meaning as they got a bit older, which is kind of nice in a way. It's letting everyone, people of all ages, enjoy the song. And she was able to have it on the radio because she never directly stated in the song what the meaning was. Although, if you listen to it now, especially if you are a bit older, you'll understand pretty pretty easily. Now, as I said, it didn't quite make it to the same heights that Time After Time did. It only made it number three on the Billboard Hot 100, number six here in Australia. But I still maintain my stance. I think it's one of her best songs. And I really do want to play it because it doesn't often get airtime compared to her other big hits. And I think it's just as good. So with that being said, we have She Bop by Cindy Lauper coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. This is Tune FM 106.9.
That was the female empowering song She-Bop by Cindy Lauper from her hit album She's Unusual. This is Way Back When, episode 15, and you're listening to Tune FM on 106.9. She's so unusual, I should have said, for Cindy Lauper's album. We're going to turn to Billy Idol now, the punk rocker who you heard last week with his hit uh, song Dancing With Myself and Moni Moni. He would release probably his biggest album in 1983, again, charted in 1984, just putting that disclaimer out there. And that was Rebel Yell. Now, Rebel Yell spawned huge amounts of hits. In fact, there were four songs that I could have easily played. But again, I had to limit myself to two. One of them is obviously the title track that I'm going to play a little bit later. The other one that I'm going to play now is probably not the one you're thinking of. I know I keep doing that. But again, it's a similar issue as She Bop by Cindy Lauper. Eyes Without a Face and Flesh for Fantasy came from this album. And they are incredibly wonderful hits and incredibly good songs, especially Billy Idol songs. But again, I think there's a a song on there that's just that little bit better, just that tiny little bit better that doesn't often get as much recognition as it perhaps deserves. Funnily enough, the name from Rebel Yell has a bit of an interesting story behind it. Uh, Idol got the idea of the album's title after having a party with the Rolling Stones and drinking Rebel Yell whiskey. He saw the label on the bottle and thought, that's a great title for an album, I'm going to call it that. The title track, Rebel Yell, again you'll hear that a bit later, has a few interesting stories behind it as well. Of course, he collaborated with his team of Steve Stevens and Keith Forsey, a hit-making team, the three of them in fact. They worked on a lot of Billy Idol's albums together. And the song that I'm going to play now, the song that might be a little bit unexpected considering how big Eyes Without a Face and Flesh for Fantasy were, but my preferred song is actually Blue Highway. Blue Highway is an, I think it's a very, very good song. It's got a nice little beat to it and the lyrics are quite catchy. I'll leave it to you to decide. Uh, People that did prefer Flesh for Fantasy or Eyes Without a Face, please don't come after me. I definitely agree they are good songs, but in my opinion, this one's just that little bit better. So I'm going to play it for you right now. You guys be the judge. Blue Highway by Billy Idol coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. This is Tune FM 106.9.
that was the criminally underrated hit by Billy Idol, Blue Highway. This is way back when, episode 15. I turn now from Billy Idol to Billy Joel. We've got a bit of a theme of Billy's going on at the moment. Billy Joel has had numerous hits throughout his long career, including Piano Man, We Didn't Start the Fire. We Didn't Start the Fire, of course, you will hear in a few years when it does come out. No doubt about that at all. And this time, this year, I'm actually going to look at one of his songs from An Innocent Man, which was his ninth studio album released in 1983, charting in 1984, of course. It featured the tracks My Life, Still Rock and Roll to Me, and Just the Way You Are, all exceptional songs, but it also featured Uptown Girl, which is considered one of his best. I can certainly see why. It is phenomenal. Joel, intend- he said the original so- the original title for the song was actually Uptown Girls, and it was conceived when he was surrounded by Christy Brinkley, Whitney Houston, and his then-girlfriend Elle McPherson. That, uh, he would also write the song about his soon-to-be ex-wife, who was Christy Brinkley, Bo- and Elle McPherson, of course, both women being two of the most famous supermodels of the entire 1980s decade. Again, just an interesting bit of trivia for you. It charted really, really well, reaching number one here in Australia, reaching number three on the US Billboard Hot 100. It also made number one in Ireland, Canada, and New Zealand. Kudos to it there. It certified gold in the UK. It was covered by Westlife. I have not heard that version, mainly because, well, don't really want to, but the Billy Joel version is phenomenal. It's got a very catchy little beat. The chorus is memorable, and it's a nice uh, little example of a doo-wop track. For those of you who know what that is, uh, congratulations, because it's not a very well-known term, but it's basically a genre, of, a genre of rhythm and blues music. That's considered what it is. And this song uses it quite well. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy. Please enjoy Uptown Girl by Billy Joel coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. I'll speak with you after this.
You're listening to Way Back When, episode 15, and that was the incredibly catchy Uptown Girl by Billy Joel, one of his best-known hits, along with Piano Man and We Didn't Start the Fire. That one, of course, you'll be hearing in the later years of Way Back When. I'm turning back to Kiss now, which is quite interesting, because after Kiss's massive uh, dominance of the 70s, as I said in the last few episodes they were on, they sort of petered out in the 80s. They had a few albums here and there, releasing one pretty much every year, in fact, during the 80s, most of which, however, were received very poorly by both critics and fans. Fans, of course, turned against the band for ditching their original sound. And in 1984, they would release a a studio album called Animalize, which, again, didn't really uh, rate too well in the eyes of critics and fans. It didn't really chart very well at all. The peak position achieved anywhere was number four in Finland, funnily enough. But they did release one good song from the album, a song that does still, in fact, make its appearance on concerts today. It is Heavens on Fire. Now, they didn't have many hits in the 80s, like I said. We've had Shandy, I Love It Loud, songs like that. But in the 70s, they were churning out hit after hit after hit, and that just wasn't the case for uh, this decade, given that they had sort of abandoned their traditional sound. Animalize was more of a glam metal track, and even Heavens on Fire certainly had a bit more of a glam, sort of disco-y metal sort of sound compared to a hard rock, heavy metal track that they'd become known for, especially in their early career. Now, this song marks the first appearance of Mark St. John, who was the guitarist for the band for one album, Animalize, before he had to leave, and they replaced him with uh, Bruce Killick, who was a lot more well-known. I don't really have too much to say about Heavens on Fire. It's a catchy little track, and I did want to play it for you because, ignoring the fact that it's from Kiss, it is still quite catchy. It will get stuck in your head, and it's sort of easy to, I guess, sing along to. So, Heavens on Fire by Kiss, coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. This is Tune FM 106.9.
That was Heavens on Fire by Kiss. This is Way Back When, episode 15, looking at the best music from 1984, and you are listening to 106.9 Tune FM, UNE's student-powered radio. Quite interesting that a band like Kiss can still churn out fairly successful singles, even when they're experiencing quite uh, bad patches of form. Um, So kudos to them. Certainly not one of their better hits, but still quite a good song, especially in the uh, dark period for them that was the 80s. Moving on now, we are going back to Australia. We're listening to some music back on Australian shores, and I'm going to play a song by In Excess coming up next. In Excess were an Australian group formed in 1977 and you will hear from them a lot in the next coming years. Formed by uh, Gary Gary Beers, no joke, Andrew Farris, Tim Farris, John Farris and lead singer Michael Hutchins. They released their fourth album in 1983, December of 1983, and the lead single was arguably one of their biggest songs of all time. I dare say it would probably be considered to be their biggest by a lot of people, Original Sin. Daryl Hall actually sings the chorus with Hutchins, and uh, given that he, of course, had a massive career with Hall and Oates, as you know, they have been on this show before, it added a certain level of, I guess, intrigue to the song, especially considering Michael Hutchins and Daryl Hall's voices turned out to go exceptionally well together. Excuse me. In the Ozist 100 list in 2018, Original Sin was ranked at number 58 and actually recharted in 2011 because they re-recorded the song with Rob Thomas and Cuban female rapper DJ Yalides as a dance single. How good is that? I don't know. I personally haven't listened to it. I've been slightly afraid to. That being said, we are going to play the original song of Original Sin up next. It charted exceptionally well here in Australia. It shot to number one, which shouldn't be a surprise given that it's an Australian band and we tend to like Australian music here. It also reached number one in France, funnily enough. Didn't reach anywhere near number one on the US Billboard Hot 100. It only made it as high as 58, but hey, no accounting for taste, I suppose. Original Sin by NXS coming up next on 106.9 Tune FM. This is way back when episode 15. Dream on white girl 
That was classic Australian track Original Sin by NXS, and you're listening to Wayback When, episode 15 on Tune FM 106.9. Some Van Halen now coming up next, I think. Van Halen were a phenomenal band. They were formed in 1972, featuring the, and known mostly for their lead guitarist, the widely acclaimed Eddie Van Halen. It also featured uh, originally the David Lee Roth vocals and the Van Halen brothers. Of course, they've gone through many lineup changes over their history, uh, swapping and changing, members leaving, members uh, retiring, whatnot, as tends to happen when you have a band that's been around for so long. But in 1983, they would release their album called 1984. Just keep that in mind, I know it's a bit confusing. It was their sixth album and featured their biggest hit of all time, the only song they would release that made it to the US number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It is actually the best-selling album of Van Halen, having sold more than 10 million copies, and it was the last full-length album to feature the original members of the band, the Van Halen brothers, David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony. That being said, the song that I'm looking at was the original uh, lead single, and that is Jump. Jump was, uh, like I said, the most successful single to date. It reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It also managed to chart number one in the Canada province, Italy, in fact, and it made it all the way to number two here in Australia. Certified gold in the UK. It's actually been considered a bit of a sporting anthem, in fact. It's part of the gold celebrations of AC Milan, if you are a fan of soccer, and the general uh, writing and composition was quite interesting. It was written around 1981, but the synth line was actually refused by other members of the band until it was refined a bit later. One thing led to another. It came out in 1983 off of 1984. Again, I know it's a bit confusing, but there you go. And it's uh, well known. So if you haven't heard it, you're about to, and I think you're going to recognize it. I guarantee you, you will have heard it in a club or a pub somewhere and just not really paid much attention to it. It will uh, spark a memory in the back of your mind. Jump by Van Halen coming up next on Way Back When, episode 15. You're listening to Chin FM on 106.9.
That was Jump by Van Halen, the biggest hit that Van Halen would ever have. This is way back when, episode 15. I do not mean that as an insult, by the way. The song is absolutely incredible. And it was the only song of theirs that made it to number one on the charts, as I said before. So don't mean that to sound uh, like a slight, even though it may have come across that way. I turn back now to Billy Idol, because we've only got two songs left of the show. And I really wanted to squeeze in Rebel Yell, of course, the title track off of the Rebel Yell album. i 